Welcome to another steaming hot episode of Some Like It Hot. I don't know why I say steaming hot, but I'm actually live on camera today. We're testing out some equipment and I'm also recording the audio separate. So however this turns out, it will be anybody's guess. So today I am actually going to show you just how much of a nerd I am. I'm going to let you all in on a secret. I'm a huge Mortal Kombat nerd and I am obsessed with the gaming and the story, the lore, as we like to call it. That's what nerds call it, the lore, L-O-R-E. So with that being said, I want to make something really, really clear right now. I am going to do some spoilers on the second half of the podcast, so I need you to be prepared for that. But for the first half of the podcast, what I'd like to do here is explain to you the lore, the story of Mortal Kombat and um, how we got to this this film. So Mortal Kombat's been around for almost 30 years. It's been around a long time since it's technically been a game since like 1990, 1991. Um, and by the way, I did not do any studying for this. This is all off the top of my head. So if I get some things wrong, go ahead and you can you can clap back at me. But I felt like it would be disingenuous if I sat there and Googled and Wikipedia because I am a real fan. So this is coming from the mind and the heart and the soul of a true fan. Okay, so with that being said, the game came out in 1990, 1991. Um, it started off as a arcade game. And I'm going to share a story about that in a minute. But it moved on to, you know, they made some animated stuff. Then they made the movie um, in 1995. The movie came out in theaters with the same fanfare that the, the recent Mortal Kombat movie received in 2021. Um, but a lot happened in between. And so I actually saw a girl on Facebook who watched the movie. I don't know who she watched it with because she's not a fan. So I don't know if she was like forced to watch it or something. But she basically watched the movie and she was like, I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. I have no idea. Like, I just don't understand this, right? So I'm going to explain to you what's going on to help you understand what it is. And I took notes and I want to show you on camera. I have a big, big white piece of paper. My handwriting is terrible, but I took that many notes of the movie because as I was watching the movie as a longtime fan, I was like, um, wait a minute. Uh, no, wait, that, that was supposed to be, wait, this was supposed to be. And I was just was like, let me go write this down because I wanted to be very clear in the podcast. And I knew I was going to do this podcast. So I also brought some reading material with me as well. If you want to take a look at the camera, I brought, um, Mortal Kombat Blood and Thunder. This is a comic book. This is the sixth issue of Blood and Thunder. I brought Mortal Kombat U.S. Special Forces. This is one of two. So there were only two of these. And I have the first edition. Now, I should have this in plastic and I should have this framed. I don't. But it, it goes in the plastic, but I don't have it framed. I have another one that's framed. And you won't be seeing that on here today because <laughs> it's on the wall. So this is one of two. Think about that. One of two. And I have this. Okay. And then I have two more in here. I don't know what the other one is. Hold on. I'm not going to reach back there and try to pull the other one out. But the, the top one is Mortal Kombat Battle Wave. And it's the first edition of that as well. So I'm just showing you guys this. And the reason I'm showing you this and I'm talking about it is because I want you to know, you know, how serious I am as a, you know, a fan. I don't just play the games, although I have played them. And I don't just watch the movies randomly. I know what the, 
I know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> I was going to swear, but I know what I'm talking about. All right. So for people who are noobs and don't know anything about this, let's start at the beginning, shall we? So let's just go into the lore. Here's the basic, like, walk you right through, um, as they call it, pedestrian way to explain Mortal Kombat. It's really simple. So on Earth, there are amazing fighters, right? Tons of amazing, amazing fighters. People who know all types of martial arts or boxing or whatever. They know all kinds of different ways to fight. They're, they're soldiers. They're... They're ninjas. They're everything. We have people all over the planet. These are real people that we have all over the planet that know how to um, attack, defend, fight, shoot, whatever, right? So essentially what Mortal Kombat has been for centuries is it's a tournament that's held and it takes, it takes, and I do mean it takes, the world's most best and brightest in fighting, right? The strongest, the smartest, the most talented fighters that are on the planet at the moment when the tournament happens. I believe the tournament happens every 10 years or something like that. I could be wrong about the time, and I'm, but they do change it. But it's, it's usually, it's like every 10 years, there's a Mortal Kombat tournament. And then every every time there's a new tournament, uh, every 10 tournaments, one determines the fate of the planet, right? Now, I'm going to slow that down because that starts to get a little confusing. But basically this. Think of all the other people that you've seen in the commercials or in the game, right, that have like they look like creatures from another planet. Think of them like that. They are creatures from another planet. They're like aliens, right? And so these aliens live on different planets. In Mortal Kombat, you call them realms. So it's basically, I can't explain that to someone, but but basically it's other planets. And so what you're concerning is this. When they have the competition, Aliens from other planets also are taken from their planets as the best fighters and they're brought to this one place to do the competition and then they all battle it out. Everyone, including people from Earth realm, Earth planet. And you do this to protect your your planet. It's essentially instead of having like um, Independence Day where they all show up in spaceships and they blow up the planet and then we all have to fight them and we got to get Will Smith in a tank or something. Instead of that... You have this competition and whoever, um, you know, wins, uh, their, their planet is safe. And if you lose 10 times in a row, then your planet will be dominated. So it's not dominated right away, right? It's not, they don't get topped immediately. <laughs> but what happens is it's, it's, it's just the law of averages. If you lose 10 times in a row, or at least 10 times, I think it is, um, then your planet will be invaded by the winning planet, okay? Oh, okay, all right, Funny Honey is here with us. She's listening and she's driving. She's actually planning on seeing the movie tonight. So that's, that's basically how it goes. So in the original Mortal Kombat movie, the concept was that, that Earth had lost nine Mortal Kombat's in a row. And this this was the last chance for Earth. If they'd lost this next this next Mortal Kombat, that was it. They were done. And this realm, this planet called Outworld, um, was going to invade through a portal. It was going to open a huge portal and just let all the armies of Outworld, all the killers, all the, you know, everything in there. So you would understand these people as, if you know anything about Mortal Kombat, you would know them as Shao Kahn and Shang Tsung 
and, uh, you know, Melina, Katana, all these people, they're all in Outworld. Although Katana, she's technically a good guy, but whatever. So that was the, the concept in the first Mortal Kombat movie. And so what did they do? They rounded up, you know, Special Forces, Sonya Blades. Um, they rounded up fighters, even though they were famous movie stars like Johnny Cage. They rounded people like that up off the planet, monks like Liu Kang. And so they put them all on a boat that took them through, I don't know, a smoke machine that was a portal to an island that was hidden on planet Earth. And Shang, it was called Shang Tsung's Island. And Shang Tsung was there and he made all the people from all the different planets, the different realms, meet him there. And then that was where the competition was going to ha- happen. Of course, there was some underhanded you know, trickery going on trying to stop Earth from winning because they only had to lose that one tournament and then Outworld, Shang Tsung, all of them could take over. And that's what they, that was the end game for them. They wanted to take over, right? So that was the first movie. There was a follow-up called Annihilation, um, which did just that to the franchise for a little while. And, um, and then there's lots of different games. So we're going to go back to the games and to me and how I connect to the games. And then we will... Um, dive into the movies and the differences between the original and the and the new one and if you want to know my opinion about the new movie before we even get to um that part of the conversation I could tell you right now that I I like the movie a sort of like I think it looked great but there's there was a lot wrong which is why I'm here doing the podcast about that on a Sunday when no one ever comes to my stream because I never stream But I just wanted to try to get it on film. So just, you know, whatever. Or video or whatever. Whatever you want to call this. Whatever this is. (laughs) Alright. So, like I said, the game came out in the early 90s and it started as just an arcade game. And for those who really don't know anything about it, it was revolutionary. And the thing that made it revolutionary was what they did was new a new concept that was coming to gaming. They filmed real people in costumes and they took all these different snapshots of them and then they made all of their moves and everything and that was the game and then they you know recorded audio and they did all this stuff and they created all of these um green screen effects so they could put these people in these like realistic um maps and fighting places and stuff like that and so this was this was new i mean you have to understand they were going from duck hunter and mario brothers to Mortal Kombat. Of course, there was games in between, but nothing like this. Nothing where there was a fighting game of this level with gore, blood, and actual people. And I think that's what made the difference because there were a couple of semi-fighter games. There was things like Streets of Rage, stuff like that. But this game was very different. It was it, it was intent on shocking you and being gory and being revolutionary, right? That, that was the point of the game. And so, of course, they also spelled combat with the K so that it had a, its own look to it. Um, you know, that point it made it stand out more because people were like, why did they spell it with a K? But that makes it the brand that it is. Everybody calls it, if you say to somebody, oh, did you did you watch MK? They know right away. Now, if you say, if you did you watch MC? They'll be like, what's MC? <laughs> right? So these things matter. These choices that Ed Boon and Tobias made, um, they Yes, I called them out. <laughs> they they made, you know, they were young 
and yet they made all the right choices. The emblem, everything was all the right decisions. So I'm going to date myself here a little bit, but I will tell you this. I did actually play the game in its arcade form. I don't know if it was fresh out. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not that old, but I think it was fairly like a new series, right? And so I remember seeing it and a couple other arcade games at a pizza place when I was really little. And I had, my brothers were with me and we saw the, this thing and we're like, what is this? And nobody heard of it. Nobody knew what the fuck it was, right? So we're like, all right, let's go play it. So we went to play it and like, I was obsessed from that day forward. I was obsessed with the game. And I was like, I'm Sonia. That's who you can call me now. That's what I do. I kick boys' asses. I flip them. I shoot them. I blow them a kiss and they die, right? And I mean, that was it. Like, it was amazing what they did because they, later on in the series, they did over-sexualize a lot of the women. I don't really mind, but, you know, some people take offense to that nowadays. Um, But at the time, Sonia was the only female character in the first game. And I don't feel like she was over-sexualized. They even said, if you watch a lot of the makings of, which I've gotten a chance to see on YouTube, you can look them up, that most of her attire was really just workout clothes. So the so the stuff that you know as like this right here, the stuff that you know as um, Sonia Blades, don't mind my, there, my nails look like shit. <laughs> her outfit was actually stuff that people wore. If you look at old like workout videos, um, look them up on YouTube from the 90s and the 80s. That's basically what the women wore. They, they you know, added a few things to give her more of a fighting look, make her look more like she was a, a martial artist. But that was mostly what she wore. And over time, it, it evolved um, during the next game and the next game. But that's essentially how they dressed her. So it wasn't really that they were trying to sexualize her. They really were just trying to find what is something she could fight in that also looked good on camera. And so they had real people. That's what made it really interesting and new. And then they had this one thing that set them apart from everything, which is fatalities. So if you if you understand that, you'll understand the rest of it. So I'm not going to go on and on and on and talk about Mortal Kombat from, you know, from a seedling to a tree. Like, we don't have all day to do this. But that is essentially how it began. And then it became a phenomenon. Then it went to home count consoles. Um, Nintendo refused to have a lot of the things that were in the arcade game um, added to their platform. They were a family-friendly platform. They were known for Mario Brothers. They wanted the game because it was becoming... They could see it was going to be a moneymaker. But they did nerf, as we call in the game. And they nerfed and they 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 um, censored a lot of the game. Uh, Sega Genesis did not. And uh, it was another thing where it made people want to learn how to do codes. It made people want to learn how to you know, memorize different moves and things like that because normally you would just button mash a lot of games that are old like that. But with this, you really wanted to learn the moves because you wanted to do specific special abilities or you wanted to learn how to do fatalities and over time, um, animalities, babalities. These are all things that are part of the game. These are just interesting, fun ways to finish. Basically, interesting, fun ways to show someone not only did I beat your ass, but I did it in style. So... That's essentially the game. Now I'm going to go into the movie that just came out. So, and we'll go back and forth. So the new movie just dropped on Friday. I actually watched it yesterday. And 
<sighs> okay, so I watched it on HBO Max, which was not fun to try to get HBO Max. And the thing about the new like co- after, uh, life after COVID, right? Where now movies are coming out on Prime and in theaters, on HBO Max and in theaters, right? The thing about it is for people like me who didn't really enjoy going to the theaters when they were packed, I always like to go in a morning on a weekday when it was me and the old blue hairs and the golden girls <laughs> because I really just didn't want to deal with loud people, noises, people sitting next to me, people breathing on me, people kicking my chair, right? This makes HBO Max great for me. But I do think that having movies premiere on apps is going to be dangerous as far as trying to figure out what's actually doing well and what's not because a lot of people are replaying them right and I guess you could go to the movie theater over and over buy the same tickets but buying the same tickets over and over again and replaying something that you've already paid for over and over again is not the same thing so I don't know how they're counting them if someone wants to tell me they can but I don't I don't know how they're counting them but I feel like it's gonna mess with that the other reason I'm kind of like this about it, like a little like shaky about it is because the one thing I've noticed on social media, well, first of all, the first thing that pissed me off was that you could tell right away which people had HBO Max and which people went to the theaters at like 11 o'clock midnight to see the movie right away in the theaters because they could not wait to be like, oh, I saw it. I watched Mortal Kombat. And they were like, it sucked. It was great. It was this. It was that. Oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe that happened. Like, can you not try to ruin it for everybody else who has to, I don't know, go to work, eat, take a shower, sleep? I I mean, you know, I actually yelled at one of my people that I actually know, if you're listening, because he he posted about it at three o'clock on Friday. Three o'clock for him. It was earlier for me. I'm like, dude, do you know that the rest of us have like lives? Like, don't he was like. He didn't say spoilers, but I just felt like he was ruining it by just even giving your opinion, especially if it's a speci- especially if it's a negative opinion, it throws the person off that's going to go see it because now they already have someone's negative opinion in their brain. No matter if you told them or not what's in the movie, now they're already walking into the theater or they're sitting down to watch it with that opinion already like permeating in their brain, right? So... Okay. Oh, my stomach's rumbling. I'm going to eat after this. <laughs> so I'm not going to do any spoilers to the second half, but we got a few more minutes before that. So what I will do is I will tell you some things that are not spoilers. So first of all, um, here's the good things about Mortal Kombat, the new, the new movie. And then we're going to get into, really, I'm going to talk about why there's things that I had issues with in the movie um, simply by telling you about it, right? That's why I have to do spoilers in the second half because... Um, it's important as someone who is this obsessed with them (laughs) that you understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. And I have legitimacy behind what I'm saying because there's people making comments and, um, uh, judgments on Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and really their judgments are stupid. No, I don't have a nice way to say it because they're, they're coming from a place of ignorance when they're complaining about a character who dies, which by the way, it's a movie where people die. That's kind of what it's about. They, their, their comments were so out of ignorance because you're like, yeah, that person dies a lot in the series and in the movies. So you obviously don't know anything about this at all. 
because otherwise you wouldn't complain. Like, okay, congratulations, you bought Mortal Kombat 11, you watch it on Twitch. Did you pay attention to the story at all? Do you even care? I don't know. But I will give you this. The first 10 minutes of the new Mortal Kombat movie is a cinematic wonder. It is glorious. I would have loved to have seen it in IMAX. I think it's beautifully shot. I think it gives it a, a credence. It gives it this sort of credible look that, in my opinion, if the rest of the movie was like the first 10 minutes, it would have been nominated, if not anything, for cinematic purposes. Um for like a Golden Globe or an Oscar. I'm not kidding. That's how well done it's done. It has a look of like, I mean, this is throwing it back, but like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like really um, acclaimed uh, martial arts films that have received Oscars. That is how the first 10 minutes of the movie looks. It is beautifully done. They tell the story of um, Bihan and Hasashi... I can't even remember his name right now. It was Scorpion, which is right behind me. But it's, it's just it's pronunciation. I don't want to say things wrong. But anyway, so it's it's Sub Zero and Scorpion, and it's their backstory. And for those of you who don't know their backstory, I'm gonna say it. It's not really a spoiler because if you don't know that by now, um, I cannot help you. It is the first ten minutes, and by the way, it's on YouTube. They um they released it so people could watch the first ten minutes. So this is not a spoiler. If you don't know, you just haven't been paying attention. So in the intro. Um, you, you're watching a man who later becomes Scorpion and he is just with his family and his, um, his clan and he, there, they have a compound and he's going to fetch water and his wife and his child are in the house. And as he's away at the, I believe it was a well fetching water, um, Sub-Zero's clan, they show up and start killing everybody <laughs> pretty much start killing everybody and they uh they also kill his family and so this leads to the story and this is why these two people are completely against each other um for centuries because they don't die so um this is that's that's the story between those two characters and that's how the movie begins and if the movie had continued at that pace with the way they were telling that story with the way that that it was shot with the acting of that level for the rest of the movie, it would have been a knockout. Even with the story, and I am, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this story. Um, but I will just, I'll slow down. I won't get into the story too much yet. But I will just say this. What ends up happening after the first 10 minutes is what makes, will really, it's, it's the deciding factor for you as a viewer whether or not you like the movie. That's for sure. Because it, may, it, it was the first, like, for me, it was the first, like, red flag. But for somebody else, maybe like, oh, this is, this is the shit. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's for me, as a longtime fan, I was like, oh, I wish they didn't do that right away. I... I love a good lead-in. I love a good story. I love a good setup. The better you, you set something up, the better you lead people to what's about to occur, the more they'll enjoy it. If you just give them everything right away, 
it's not as enjoyable. And so what I noticed about the movie was it kept going back and forth, right? It kept teetering between um, talking to the audience, metaphorically, talking to the audience as though they don't know who these characters are and they don't know what's going on. And then sometimes just assuming they do know who these people are and they do know what's going on. So it's very weird. Like, for instance, <laughs> for instance, so... There's a new character. His name is Cole. They created him specifically for the movie. I don't know why. There's so many characters in this series. Halil. There's so many characters in this series, in this lore, in these games, in these movies. There's been uh, now three movies, two miniseries. Um, one was on YouTube. Um, no, actually, there's four movies. There's the, the one that came out a couple of years ago. It's called Scorpion's Revenge or something like that. Um, it was animated. It's on, it should be on Netflix if you want to watch it. That's really good. That's a, an extended version of the story between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. That's why I said if you really don't know it at this point, then you're not paying attention because that was on Netflix. So, um, you know, there's the comic books. There's there's so much. Like, there were spinoff games that didn't do as well. There was a, a Special Forces game and a Sub-Zero game um, that I didn't actually play either one of them, but I, they didn't do well either. Um... So there's so much there. I don't know why they felt the need to create a new character, but I will give them credit where credit is due. This new character that they created is an MMA fighter. And I like that because it makes it relevant to the times. And I think that was a really smart addition to this film, making it more relevant and grounded in now and in, in the now. Because absolutely, if we're looking for fighters that are the best fighters on the planet to fight in the competition to save Earth... Well, then we're definitely going to need an MMA fighter because they're huge right now. So it grounds the series not only in current events, but it also shows you how martial arts, physical fighting of that nature is still very relevant, not just in the abstract and a video game and a cartoon and a fantasy, but people are still very much watching it in real life, in real time. They're watching... MMA is essentially our real world version of Mortal Kombat, right? It, it's, you've got your villains, you've got your heroes, you've got your cage match, you've got your big final battles. And um, it's essentially, you know, without the costumes or the special effects, it's essentially as closest to the Mortal Kombat as we have in our real lives, right? Okay, so... Now that they established that, you know, there's a backstory hundreds of years ago between the two clans, Sub-Zero's clan and Scorpion's clan, now we're in the present and we know there's an MMA fighter who is definitely going to be taken into the tournament. Then we get into, <laughs> we get we get transported visually to a whole other world like that. A whole other world, a whole other things going on. And that, to me, was the first mistake of the film. And I'm not, I promise, I won't do any spoilers till the second half. But that, to me, was the first mistake of the film. Because when you watch the original Mortal Kombat from 1995, I think they did a brilliant job of slow... I mean, this is, I mean, that was considered a low-budget, like, video game movies, what's that? You know what I mean? Like, that was considered trash, for many years, it was considered by the, the elites. It was considered, you know, D-level, um, comical, you know, corny. 
not you're not a real actor if you're in this movie. This was how they tried to 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 take down the MK franchise, but that movie is still a cult classic and it still stands the test of time, not maybe visually, but definitely the way they did the story was perfect. They did it spot on. They started off with people in you know with a, a backstory and and yes there were special effects and yes there was things but it was a it was a dream so they didn't just immediately throw you into this super natural world these super special effects for no reason at all like you're all of a sudden in star wars no it was a dream that luke kang was having then you're back in the real world and you meet johnny cage you meet sonia they're living their lives you know he's filming a movie she's doing special forces shit trying to hunt down kano um, and all of that stuff is going on. And then they all convene at this big, huge boat with the Mortal Kombat symbol on it, um, on the, the, whatever, the sails. And, um, and then that boat is where they meet Shang Tsung, they meet Raiden, you know, these are all the supernatural characters. And then that boat takes them to the competition and it's, it, it's very slow and it builds and it builds. You don't just get taken into like magic land right away. It's, piece by piece by piece but in this new movie they decided eh, it's been around for 20 30 years let's just get right into it fuck it let's go which would have been fine if they just didn't use that set piece and the set piece they chose for the so the first set piece was this beautiful like i think they they were in japan because i remember one was speaking japanese one was speaking chinese i think we were in japan so the first one was like this beautiful, you know, estate in Japan. The next one was like a locker room, kind of dirty. You could tell it stink <laughs> um, for the MMA fighter. And then all of a sudden you're in like la la land. I don't know where we are. Like it was just, if the set piece was a little less CGI and a little more of like um, maybe even just a throne room instead of like this throne in the middle of who knows what, right? That I think that threw me off. And then the characters that show up and the way that he talks to them. And like I said, this is when, you know, it's like they, they throw you into this scene as if you know what's going on. And then he talks to the people that he's having the scene with as if you don't know what's going on. So he's like, Melina, <laughs> like, okay, you know her name. Like, <laughs> you don't have to say her name. Like, I get it. I get why they said it for people who don't know who she is. But for the rest of us, we knew who she was right away. And, and so you're saying it for whoever's at home watching it that doesn't know it. But it's like, well, we also don't know where we just went because we just left the locker room. So I don't know. It was that that was the first jarring moments for me. But all right, I'm going to get into the second half. I'm going to change the title on the live stream so people know that there will be spoilers. And I'm just going to dive right in. We're going to go straight from the beginning to the end. I'll try not to put too many spoilers, but I am going to put the ones that I think um, just divert way too far from the main concept, the real story, and I think in a bad way. So I'm going to stop the recording on here, but I'm going to keep going on here. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, here we go. Spoiler time. Spoiler alert. Spoiler time. Let's just get right into Mortal Kombat, the movie, and the spoilers. So I've been playing this game my whole life. I played every single game that I could. I've watched every movie. I've, I, In fact, I watched... Um, I watched Annihilation last night on HBO Max. And it's weird, it's weird because I didn't remember a lot of it because I really only saw it once. So it was okay. 
you know, there was some issues, special effects, costumes, stuff like that. I actually don't have a big issue with too much of the costumes in the new movie. But I do think that the special effects are going to date themselves at some point. Because they did use a lot of, like, um, lightning for uh, Raiden, which is fine. But I felt like some of it looked, it still looked like old school lightning. And then there was this, like, big dome uh, that he created to protect them for a little while. And I felt like that looked a little outdated too. So that was my only issue with the special effects. I felt like everything else was good. The only problem there was uh, whenever you were in a set that was a lot of um, green screen, you could tell. At least at home, I could tell. So that, you know, those are minor minor things. Let's just get into it though. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Arcana. So if you're watching, if you already watched the movie, then you know that one of the things that happens in the new Mortal Kombat is that there's a special birthmark that's on the people who are chosen to go into the competition. And this has happened throughout the series on and off. It's a very rare thing. They don't talk about it much. It's not really a thing. It wasn't really a birthmark either. It was sort of a mark that was put on certain fighters mostly from outworld and when they died it would turn in it would like come to life the dragon it would come to life and fly away so that happened you can see that in annihilation it wasn't the way it is in this movie and i think that it was a good idea but they did it they executed it wrong and the reason i say that is if you're watching the movie then this is what you saw um that if you are a good fighter and you manage to kill one of the people who have the arcana um on their skin, then it would transfer, it would disappear off of them and it would reappear on somewhere on your body and now you would have the mark and you would be the chosen one for the competition. Um, I think that's stupid. <laughs> I don't think that that has any relevance, but they needed it to make Sonya relevant, right? So that's, that's what they used it for because she was not chosen. She just happened to be in the mix with everybody because she was hunting down Kano and got tied up in all this, which is exactly what happened to her in the last one. And because they came up with this whole stupid concept of the Arcana, they had to make it transferable to people who they knew were not originally chosen for the competition, okay? Um, the other thing that they they gave it uh, was new, to me anyway, was that if you had the Arcana on you, it gave you power. Right. So what it did was it explained why people like Sub-Zero and Liu Kang have magical powers. Now, at first, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, that get that makes sense. The people who are chosen, they have the mark. The mark means you're chosen and it means you get power. OK, we'll go. We'll, I'm going to go down that road with you. Let's let's go down that road. Nether Realm, Right. Or Warner Brothers or whoever. Um, however. They instantly showed you why it was a bad idea as soon as it started being a thing about, well, how does Kano get his power? And so that's when it became an issue for me because there's two people that are in this movie that I don't care if they have the Arcana tattoo or birthmark or whatever. Their abilities are written in stone. It's in every comic book. It's in every movie. It's in every game. So you're not just making something different for the new revival of the franchise. You are literally rewriting history. And no franchise in history has ever had to do that. Not Marvel, not Dark, Dark Horse Comics. Um, 
not and that and for those who don't know what that is that's batman stuff like that um not not star wars star trek if you have a good product which mortal kombat is a very good product and you have a very good um base story for it you do not need to rewrite history and so when i say that i am talking about the fact that both kano and jacks have cybernetic upgrades to themselves. They don't have magic arms and magic eyeballs. They had cybernetics by the Lin Kuei, which is Sub-Zero's clan, because they were very into technology, this clan. They created these products for them to help them as fighters. And so to watch them completely wash away that and and make it magic-induced in, was the... was. Literally, it was nauseating because there was no reason for Kano to have a laser come out of his eye because he had a little birthmark. And a laser is not magic. And and then later for the laser to short out does not make sense. The other thing having to do with the Lin Kuei, sorry, I was having a moment. The other thing having to do with the Lin Kuei and the technology and, and creating these you know, robotics that help these fighters is you can't rewrite how Jax got his cybernetic arms because it doesn't make sense because it literally erases an entire storyline. How are they going to add cybernetic people like Cyrax and Frost and all these other characters that are specifically created by the Linway technology, oh, excuse me, told you I was going to pronounce things wrong when you didn't when you already erased their their existence they made monks they made Shaolin monks make metal arms in a cave when did they go to school for this what what I was like okay this is an issue so the like I said the arcana birthmark was a was a great idea for specific fighters for Cole the newcomer for Liu Kang absolutely and for people from Outworld sure it did not it should not have been transferable we did not need to know about it for anything else Sonia did not need to have powers come out of her arms she could have had her bands which that's what's in the video game she had bands that are metallic um that's where the powers came from. Now, of course, her magical kisses and stuff like that. That's a whole other thing. But we're trying to we're trying to ground this movie in reality as much as we can. Like I said, the first 10 minutes was brilliantly done and it displayed all of this sci-fi-ness in a much more realistic, much easier way to um to digest for people who don't play the games and are not maybe not into cartoons, right? So that was a big issue for me. <laughs> dopest is in the building hi dopest dopest has a lot to say dopest said um it would have made more sense for the laser to shoot out of a mechanical attachment right well it's supposed to right and so here's the thing so that that's those are those are things that bother me as a viewer just knowing the, the backstory but here's something i'm going to tell you you as a viewer or a listener that may not really even know the lore, maybe don't really, you know, you're like, I just want to watch the movie or I just watched the movie and I want to hear your opinion about it, Nakia, right? Here's something you were robbed of. 
So I call him in this movie Shang Too Soon, right? So they show Shang Soon way too soon in this movie. He is the third set piece of this film. I was saying in the first half when I didn't want to give away the spoilers that Shang Soon is sitting on a throne. I didn't say who it was, but he's sitting on a throne and it's in this like huge CGI set of like another world, Outworld, and it was just too soon. We shouldn't have seen Outworld that soon. We shouldn't have seen him that soon. Here's why you were robbed in 2020 of a brilliant character. Even in 1995, they understood there are two things that are essential to having Shang Tsung. One, he needs to be scary and yet also sexually make you almost attracted to him, right? The actor they chose for this Shang Tsung, I'm sorry, went, went. He looked like he was a wet noodle. He did not scare me and he did not turn me on. Not like the old Shang Tsung. Even the old Shang Tsung who is still very much with us and he's doing the voices for the character in the new game, I'd st- he still could hit it. As old as he is, I'd rather let him hit it than the, the, the new one, and he's younger, okay? He did not have the sex appeal or the fear-inducingness that I needed him to have, okay? He had a pompadour hairstyle, and he was the young Shang Tsung. That doesn't even make sense. The young Shang Tsung always had his hair pulled back. So th- now that's, that's my, my personal break, but here's why it robbed you. Even in the first film, they understood Shang Tsung is a Loki. He is a trickster. He is a manipulator. He doesn't just come at you. He doesn't just say things. It's just, he doesn't always need people to do his work for him. He's a shapeshifter. And in the new movie, he was a shapeshifter who never shaped his shift. He never shifted his shape. He didn't do it, not even once. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get mad. That was the abomination for me. In the first film, how Shang Tsung gets Johnny Cage to get on the boat and go to this random island to fight people he doesn't want to fight because he is a millionaire movie star who doesn't need to do this, is he shapeshifted into his agent and went up to him and said, this is what you got to do, Johnny. You want to be big again? You want to have the bigger numbers? This is what you need. He tricked him. He shapeshifted into Liu Kang's brother. He shapeshifted into all different types of people to trick them, to manipulate them, to be underhanded. That is his literal role in the entire series. The fact that he didn't do it once and he had multiple opportunities to do it. He could walk right into this protective place. He could have easily turned into Sonya, and seduced or, or anyone, right? He could have turned into anyone there and manipulated the situation to his advantage to get them to, co- to coerce them. He didn't. And for that and that alone, you were robbed as a viewer of that movie. That was the worst thing that they did in that movie. They made a lot of mistakes, but that was the worst one. Okay, so now that I got, I got that out of the way, I'm so sorry. So we, I, I get real emotional about this. Um, Dopus is over here going on. I'll try to read what you say, Dopus, but I got to make sure I stay on, on, on course. Uh, Dopus said, oh, that's what you said. Okay, Shang Soon and Raiden's actors should have been more casted differently. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll because you brought up Raiden, I will just say this. I don't have a lot to say about Raiden. Um, too short, not, not sexy enough, not uh, scary enough. He, he's supposed to be a little scary. You're supposed to like, like want to endear to him. 
he has to be endearing, but you're supposed to be a little scared of him. None of those things happened. He was the tiniest little noodle selling man on the corner that I've ever seen in my life. And that is not a dig. That is the truth. He looked like the character who sells the cabbages <laughs> on an <on> airbender. <laughs> he was like, where's my cabbages? <laughs> like it was so, I was like, this is not Raiden. Now to be fair, the original Mortal Kombat movie also failed us on Raiden as well because they had a white man play Raiden, which was ridiculous. Although I love the actor, it was still ridiculous. Okay, so they seem to be getting him wrong all the time. Although, although if you do take a look at him in a lot of the series, and especially even in the new game, he's clearly a white man, but just not the, they just, it was the wrong white man. I think they could have chosen a better white man. Um, and in this one, they chose, they chose to go with someone of Asian descent, which is fine, but he just didn't, he just didn't, he just wasn't a good reader. Other than that, the character was fine. He did what he usually does. He made the choices he makes. You know, I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't have much to say about him and I don't want to waste time because um, there's so much more to cover. Dopus has a lot to say. Dopus said, Raiden is support to be the supposed to be the protector of Earthrealm, Thunder God. I didn't get any of that. Um, well, there's a lot that they did wrong. So I'm going to stick to my notes for a minute here. Just just work with me here. So they showed Melina too soon as well. So we had Shang too soon and we had Melina way too soon. Um, the thing about Melina is they, a lot of people had a lot to say about her before the movie even came out. They didn't like the way she looked in the original photos that were released. Um, they didn't like the choice of the actress. They had a lot of things to say. And they're still saying it now. They're saying that they don't like the way her hair looked. Like they're just nitpicking this poor girl who played Melina uh, to death. However, I will say this about her. There is no Melina without Katana. What is the fucking point of showing Melina and not even referring to Katana? She is the clone of Katana. She has no purpose in the series without Katana. Okay, maybe they didn't want to show her in the movie yet. Maybe they're waiting for the second movie, which they clearly hinted at. And I'm going to say something very shocking at the end of this that's going to make you go, oh my God, you're right. So stay tuned to the end of this because when I say what I'm going to say at the very end, you're going to go, oh my God, everything you said is right and you're right about this movie. But um, you have to wait till the end. <laughs> so they didn't even refer to her. They barely told us who Melina is. Nothing. She had no backstory. She was just there and she was a fighter and that was it. And that wouldn't be a problem if she was in the second movie, but she's dead. If you saw any of the previews, if you saw any of the pictures, if you watched the movie, I'm not ruining this for you. She gets killed. I won't tell you who she got killed by there. I'll leave that alone. She's dead. So she showed up, fought for a little bit, mostly just walked around and then died. So maybe they'll have another clone. There were, there were multiple clones. So maybe they'll have another one. And that's totally fine if that's what they choose to do. I'm only going off of what I know right now from this movie. They didn't give her any backstory. And hello, if you were going to wait till a certain scene to show her full, you know, monster mouth situation, how about, I don't know, put the mask on her. Put the mask on her face. Why are we even seeing her face? The characters are known for wearing a mask. And by the way, this was filmed during COVID. We're all wearing a mask. Why is she not wearing a mask? The one time in her whole career, her whole life in the story, when she should probably be wearing a mask because it's more relevant than ever, 
They had her walking around with like a stain on her face. <laughs> oh my God, dopest, I can't. <laughs> oh, I'm just going through it right now. Okay, dopest said, I wish, oh, my dog's having a nightmare. I wish Katana was involved as well, especially since her evil clone sister is working with Shang. Right, so it doesn't, it just didn't make sense to show her, um, to show her in the film. Now, to your point, because Dopus was saying that he loves how they, they, they put her in the movie. Her fighting style was right. I think the, I think the woman playing her looked fine. Um, as long as the Katana looks the same. So it's it's got to be the same person playing Katana. Um, you know, she looked good. Her body looked good. Her costuming was good. I think she handled herself well as the character. I just don't think they did the character justice at all, especially for the story. You were robbed again if you don't understand the story or the lore. Um, from, this is in my notes. Liu Kang had no backstory. Liu Kang. Liu Kang. The number one purpose of this entire series, the biggest piece of the story from the recent game, from Mortal Kombat 11, had no backstory. He had no backstory. (sighs) (laughs) Just to save time, I'm going to just move away from Liu Kang. Let's just, please, let's just leave that alone. I like to, I made funny names for them. So in this one, I like to call K-No. When I saw Kano in the pictures of him, I was already pissed. Kano is supposed to be a gay man's wet dream. He is supposed to be masculinity on steroids, muscles rippling. I want like, I want Superman, you know, the guy who plays Superman like that, but like, you know, not, maybe not as tall, more build, same chest hair. He's supposed to, he did spit in the movie. So he got that right. Spitting, pissing you know, disgusting, scratching himself. He's supposed to be like the most toxic version of masculinity. That is him. And he's supposed to be kind of hot. This guy, kind of not. Also, he is partly comic relief in all versions of him. In this movie, he was literally a clown. They made him a fucking clown. He had so many one-liners, it got boring. Like, I was just like, okay, I get it. He's funny. All right. And it was just, it was, it was, it was a bit much. Was he a good Kano? Sure. He was fine. But he definitely wasn't anything like the one from the first movie. And see, that's the thing. I have that to compare it to. I love the Kano from the first movie, honey. (sighs) Who's the Kano in the game? Because can we just turn him into a human being? Because that's like, everyone loves that one. Um... But, you know, whatever. So, and then I already discussed that he should have had an optic laser, not magical power. I don't know where that came from. I don't want to get there. Um, then we'll talk about, here's something good. I have nothing bad to say about Sonia. And that's not because I'm a girl and I'm like, girl power, blah, blah, blah. No, I just have nothing bad to say about Sonia. Here's Sonia on the comic books, okay? If you guys play the video games, you know. But I want to show you the comic books because a lot of you don't own these. These are exclusive. This is a first edition, one of two issues of this uh, uh, Special Forces. First edition, as you can see right there. Up there on the other side. I'll make this shit up, people. I'm the real deal. So look at Sonya. So just by looking at her there on every in every picture, um, those are the only ones I ever on the cover. Um, the person that they chose, perfect 
I think she looks great. She doesn't have that Snapchat filter, filled in face, Instagram model look. She looks like a real woman, a real woman who'd be doing that job. Um, she's still beautiful, but not like distractingly beautiful. She doesn't seem like she cared too much about her looks. She was there to fight. Um, her body was perfect. I mean, for the character, her body was perfect. Um, I liked her tone, her candor. I have nothing bad to say about her. Thumbs up to them for Sonia. Um, I think Reptile was great. I like the the way they remixed him um, for the movie. I think they did a great upgrade for him, bringing him techno technologically forward from that shit show in 1995 of what he looked like. Um, hopefully it will stand the test of time for a little while, but um, I didn't have any issues with Reptile. I thought they did a great job with Reptile as well. Um, I, did, I did like when Kano called uh, Kung Lao's um, frisbee hat. <laughs> and I don't know if he's called him Kung Pao, but I called him Kung Pao. Um, because, you know, hi Panda, I'm doing spoilers, so just be aware. Um, I, I liked I liked Kun Lao. I think he was perfectly fine. I think he was a little young. I think he should have been a little bit older. I understand they're supposed to be cousins in this movie. I don't really know why. I, their their relationship, Liu Kang and Kung Lao, has changed a lot in different series. So I will say this about Kung Lao. Um, people were saying online, this was a huge trend yesterday. They were angry that he died in the movie. So if you are if you didn't want to hear that, you heard it now. But they, already, they were saying it on Twitter and Facebook. I mean, they were ruining the movie for you guys. At least I put it in the title. Um, I would just like to say for those of you who are upset that... Uh, I would just like to say for those of you who are upset that Kung Lao died... In Mortal Kombat in 2021. Um, he always dies. He has to die. In fact, if he didn't die, it wouldn't make Liu Kang Liu Kang. Thank you. Some people will say, oh, no, no, no. Liu Kang became the way he is because um, Shang Tsung killed his brother. That was a, that was a created storyline for the Mortal Kombat movie in 1995. That is not why he became who he became. He became that person because of Kun Lao's death. And again, just like Cole, they create these stories for the, the movie for viewers who are noobers, right? And so I actually don't have a problem with the Liu Kang st brother story. I think they did a great job with that in 1995. I do have a problem with people not understanding that Kun Lao is supposed to die. He dies all the time. However, like I said, stick around to the end of this, which I've got like eight nine minutes left i'm gonna try to push this a little bit longer maybe like 10 more minutes but that's it just stick around for another 10 minutes and i will tell you why i will say something that's going you're gonna be like yes you're right okay so <clears throat> let me just have a sip of water <laughs> how are you guys oh you did watch the movie okay <laughs> topus has a lot to say i'll get to you in a second topus all right so here's the thing Here's the thing. So we covered all the other stories. So, um, what does that say? I can't remember. I can't remember what that says. I, I was writing notes. I took notes through the whole movie. This is, this was in during the movie. That's why my handwriting looks horrible. I don't have good handwriting, but it looks worse than usual. So here's the thing. Like I said in the beginning of this, the spoiler part of this, this chat, you were robbed of a real Shang Tsung. If you had a real Shang Tsung, you would have had all the shape-shifting, all the manipulating, 
all the good stuff that should have been in this movie. This movie would have been a million times better if Shang Tsung played the role he was supposed to play in this film. But instead, we got this pompadour hairstyle, always dressed in robes, sitting down for most of the movie, talk, 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 Shang Tsung. All right, cool, whatever. If that didn't annoy you as a viewer, then this part should have. And if it didn't, shame on you. I don't care if you're a fan. I don't care if you love this character. You should have been disgusted by him being here. Cabal. Go ahead, get mad. I don't care. Leave if you gotta leave. Cabal should not have been in this movie. Especially since they knew they were gonna do a part two anyway, which is very clear. If you were watching this movie, you know there's a part two coming. Cabal had no place in this film. First of all, it's bad enough you didn't give Liu Kang a backstory. It's bad enough Molina had no backstory. But to have Cabal just be in Outworld, sitting there, being there, working with Shang Tsung with no backstory, he is a human being who in the, in the, this is not in the movie. It should have been in the movie, but it's not in the movie. He was in the same Black Dragon bullshit that Kano is in. That Sonya was hunting him down. And Cabal was betrayed and burned alive. He's covered in third, four, five, six, seven, oops, sorry about my phone, uh, degree burns all over his body. All over his body. Okay? And that is why he wears the costuming that he wears. That's why he has a mask with breathing pipes and everything. He is a mess. Okay? sorcery and all kinds of fuckery brought him from the brink from hell and made him into the evil speed demon that you know him as in the games showing him just walking up with his one-liners is a fucking insult to the viewers who don't know the series and to people like me who do he was another clown so essentially i guess the black dragon clan is just a group of clowns because all they did was tell jokes for no reason at random constantly taking you out of the 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 movie every time because what they did was especially when he's in outworld and he's just running off one liner after another one liner after another it makes it not seem serious why do i care what's gonna happen this guy's telling jokes this can't be a big deal who cares so what who's this old guy with the pompadour hairstyle what does he do nothing what does he do oh that's right he's gonna suck out your soul and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Look, I know what I'm talking about. Please don't get mad at me. Get mad if you need to. But I do know what the fuck I'm talking about. They should have left him out of this movie and put him in the next movie and had him, maybe even had him be the opening scene. You know, give him a backstory. You gave Scorpion a backstory and we didn't even see him until the end of the movie. Oh! <laughs> I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. Okay. The scene that they show everybody in the commercial, they're like, Mortal Kombat, the worldwide phenomenon, which by the way, they don't mean the new movie. They just mean the series in general. The worldwide phenomenon. And they show you the scene where there's ice everywhere and him and Scorpion are fighting. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's the end scene in the movie, which the person I was watching it with, I guess I could just say who it is, but the person I was watching was like, no, oh, that was really good. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, yes, and I'm doing spoilers, so be careful, be careful. So here's the thing, right? 
So I think they could have put Cabal in the beginning of the next movie. I think they could have showed how he turned into what he did. And then boom, now we have Cabal. And then after a while of some fighting, some blood, some guts, maybe if he wants to say a couple of one-liners perfectly plays, would have been fine. He was a fucking comedian. It didn't make any sense. Yes, he's like that in the game, but this is a movie. We're supposed to be giving this legitimacy. And let me be very clear with you guys. Marvel can do it. DC can do it. NetherRealm can do it. They've had... Mortal Kombat came out in 1995. The first film came out in 1995. They didn't have much to structure themselves after except for Batman and Batman Returns, but they weren't in that lane, right? That wasn't their kind of film. So they were on their own creating this this new type of action movie. They had, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, stuff like that was out, you know, Terminator. But this was something different, right? Based on a video game and a whole other kind of story. Totally fine. So they did what they best as they could. They've had 30 years, especially the last 21 years of Marvel and DC movies to take from and give it that kind of gravitas it needed to be taken as seriously as all of those other film projects. I want to see the Mortal Kombat universe become its own thing since HBO and um and Warner Brothers are working together, right? So that's where they're doing most of the 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 HBO films and series. They could have if they did this right and I don't know what's going to happen, but if they had done this the way they should have done this, the way Marvel has, right? The way DC has they could have had spin-off shows just like Marvel, just you know, just like WandaVision and Titans, uh, you know, this is that's DC. They could have done that, but they first have to ground the films in that type of respectability. You can't get that type of respectability when someone randomly goes, fatality. What? I don't need to I, I can see it's a fatality, his heart's beating. Are you serious? Kano wins. What? They might as well have did a babality and a friendship. Like, what are they? And I have to say, that comes back to Boone. Boone, listen, he's in on these things. He does the voice for Scorpion in the old movies. He has a say in a lot of stuff. I don't care. Listen, I love Ed Boone. If he walked in here right now, this podcast would be over. I'd be naked. Like, I worship the ground that man walks on, but I'm also not a sycophant. And I will tell you, he should have watched the this the the previews, watch whatever they, they show him the preliminary shots for this film, and be like, take that out. We don't need that now. We want to come to this level. We've been at this level. We've been at this level. We want to be here. We deserve to be here with the rest of these franchises. And to stop being clowned. People take fucking the Hulk. And Thor, seriously. Like, they love, oh, Avengers, they love them. They want to blow fucking Iron Man. Really? Okay, whatever. So, they're so cool. This guy is way cooler. Okay? <laughs> the, the characters in Mortal Kombat, I love them even more. Not that I don't, I watch WandaVision. But the point is, is that they'll never be respected like that when they still have scenes like the ones I just mentioned in the movie. Flawless victory. What? Luke, uh, Kun Lao didn't even get to fight Nataro, which I don't even know why she was in it, but he didn't even fight her. She like flew in and then she was like, whoosh, whoosh. the fatality was beautifully done. The fact that he said flawless victory was a mess. The fact that there was no fight was worse. 
There's nothing wrong with the Hulk, but what I'm saying is they're taken more seriously in the industry now because those franchises were handled properly by Marvel and by Disney. And, and Warner Brothers and Netherrealm should have taken cues from them and made sure they didn't go too far. Should there be comedy? Absolutely. Should there be blood and gore? Absolutely. But there needed to be a ground level where they were taken, where it just didn't go corny and it went corny too often too soon. And like I said, there was a lot of misplacements with the story. You know, I mean, even with Melina... The best way to explain Melina to a person who's watching it, who has no idea what this is about, who's never played the games, this is how they referenced her towards the end of the movie. The bitch with the teeth. She's the bitch with the teeth. Well, yeah, she would be the bitch with the teeth because you don't even know she's a clone of a princess from another planet because we never got into it. (sighs) There was no Johnny Cage in the entire film. He was hinted at being in the next movie. Whatever. Scorpion had like three lines as as Scorpion. I don't mind the get over here. I think that's that's one you can keep. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to say fatality. You don't need to say flawless victory. Get over here. Is, it 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 has momentum. It's verbiage. He's pulling you. So it's, it's, it's fine. Now, I'm going to just read what D- Dopus has been writing a whole list. I'm just going to go through some of it. And then I'm going to tell you something that you're going to, it's going to shock you. Dopus said, uh, Black Dragon together. Kano saved his life when he was up for dead. And then he, uh, long, long, long. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's variations to the story, but the point is they didn't tell the story. That was my point, Dopus. He was just there. He looks just like a, one of the creatures. You know, there's one with wings. There's one with weird teeth and him. But he's not one of the creatures. He's a human being who had a full-on backstory and wasn't just there to be a funny, fast person. And they they reduced him to this comedy speed demon. That's all they reduced him to. Nataro had no point. Yeah, Kun Lao ruined it by saying flawless victory. Right, exactly. Thank you. No, you know what? The director didn't just want to hype the second movie. He basically gave you no movie. So this is how I'm going to end the podcast. And then we'll talk about this tomorrow night. I'm live Mondays and Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I actually stream Mortal Kombat and we're doing a competition. We're in season five. Please come by on Twitch, Nakia Nightshade, all one word. Uh, you can find me anywhere, uh, Nakia Nightshade, all one word. Night, N-I-T-E, if you're listening. If you're listening, you already know. <laughs> But whatever, that's me. That's me. <laughs> and so you can come by. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Not not too many spoilers, but I will say this. If you watch the movie, if you tune into the movie and you already watched it or you're planning on watching it tonight after listening to my rant, let me just be very clear. There was no Mortal Kombat. In the original 1995 film of Mortal Kombat, the story is Shang Tsung manipulates people and gets them on the boat to take them to Shang Tsung Island where they will compete against people from Outworld because they have already lost, uh, Earth has already lost nine Mortal Kombat competitions in a row and they are afraid if they lose the 10th because the 10th means that Outworld can invade Earth and take it over with all of its freakish 
monstrosities and armies, okay? That's the first movie. And Shang Tsung is constantly being berated by Raiden for trying to be underhanded and trying to steal this competition by getting people knocked out before the competition begins. But eventually, the competition actually happens. Let Mortal Kombat begin, is what Shang Tsung says. And Sonya fights, and this one fights, and that one fights, and it ends with Shang Tsung fighting Liu Kang, and Earthrealm wins, and that's the first movie. That's the original Mortal Kombat. It has Mortal Kombat in it. This fucking movie didn't even have the competition. You have the title of the movie, Mortal Kombat, and then did not have the Mortal Kombat competition. Fuck you. I don't care if there's a second movie. Fuck you. That is some shady business corporate bullshit. That's my opinion, but it's also a fact. If you don't remember, watch the movie again. There was no Mortal Kombat. So there was no backstories, no shape-shifting Shang Tsung, no Mortal Kombat, no Princess Katana, but her sister. Girl, bye. So if you wanted to know my opinion of the movie, that's my opinion. Whether you think, you know, that means I hated it or I loved it or I didn't, it doesn't matter. I stuck to the facts and I know what the hell I'm talking about. End of discussion. Thank you for being here. I know it was a little bit longer than I anticipated it to be. If you want to hear it again, it will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on Tuesday morning. Just check your podcast, check your apps for it. And um, thank you, Dopest, for all of your input. I'm going to end this on my uh, audio podcast right now. Oh my goodness. Woo, I went overboard. And uh, yes, thank you for tuning in and I'll be back next week. And until then, make sure you keep it hot.